welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Frenchie and Hickey are here. Before we dive into everything, uh, Hickey put out a tweet that he's moving on to Grander Ventures in the end of July? Uh, Why do I forget? Boots. They're boots, yeah. After Iowa. Yeah, they're boots. And the other news is Shannon is off doing her own thing, so... Uh, at least Frenchie and I will be kicking it down for the remainder of the year. And let's get started with something a little different. Instead of doing a non-racing topic, we're going to start with a dad joke because Hickey loves dad jokes. So, uh, Frenchie, why don't you go first? And, and what we'll do is we'll all give our jokes. doesn't matter if we like them or not. And then we'll put up a poll when the episode releases to see what you guys like the best. Or if this idea totally flops, you can all blame me. Okay. Um, so I guess let me go with my girlfriend and I share the same sense of humor. We have to because she doesn't have one. Okay. Sorry, Michelle, but I know you don't listen. <laughs> yeah, but now Cassie's going to text the group text that Michelle is in to listen to the first part of this episode. The only reason I know that I can say that is because Michelle does have a sense of humor. Okay. All right. Already back. <laughs> well, I had I had a couple other dad jokes, but I don't know. That seemed like m- most of them are actually kind of offensive that I felt like I couldn't say on the air. I, I sent next? those to hosts separately. Uh, Hickey, go ahead. All right. Well, I know I'm going to piss off a particular group of people. Uh, what happened when the cow jumped over the barbed wire fence? Oh, no. Okay. I don't know. Utter destruction. <laughs> <coughs> So if you're listening, PETA, to hell with you. Well, you kind of took away one of the subject matters of one of mine. I wrote down six because I just got on a roll before. So let's see here. Took away a PETA joke? No, no, it was a, like, the utter, you know, I'll save it for another week if we keep doing these. Uh, Let's see here. Why did Spock want to use Captain Kirk's bathroom? Something about Klingons? No, to see... No, to see the captain's log. Oh. Okay. You would divert to a poop, fart joke, whatever. Potty joke? Yes. Yes. Well, yeah. We'll save the others. I wrote down a bunch. There is a, a minefield of appropriate dad jokes on TikTok that I was just scrolling through earlier today. And dark ones, if you like those. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's some real, some real screwed up ones. Don't get me wrong, but... So Detroit recap, news, Road America, it's a busy week naturally because all the news came out right after Hickey and I recorded last week, so Hickey, I'll turn it over to you. Yes, yeah, so the very last race at Belle Isle took place, we'll, we'll get our thoughts on that in a, a second here, because I know we texted about that earlier on in the week, and there was a little bit of differing opinions, so I just want to kind of get our cards on the table, but the willpower redemption arc happened as they reminded us about seven times in the race willpower got screwed last year only seven yeah in one of the two races that was run so he uh got the strategy right and came home with a win and that last stint where he was on reds and the charging group was on the blacks was was pretty incredible by power so uh, well done to him I think he's now also in the championship lead, which is also yep. pretty incredible. So by three, Will Power, he's kind of uh, he's on a roll, and you know, Indy was an okay race for him. He salvaged a decent result, all things given. But now, you know, he seems to be trending in the right direction. So thoughts on his race, and you know, Joseph seemed pretty annoyed after that he finished fourth anything kind of team Penske dynamics there I don't think it's necessarily team Penske dynamics I think it's Joseph just pissed at the way the strategy played out in his race I think the guys who started on reds and you know where they go to like like 18 or 19 like it kind of worked but obviously finishing fourth isn't bad but it's not what you want when you are starting on the pole and you know last year he contended for a win before Pato passed him in the end so I get the, the frustration but Will Power man outside of Indy 
Like, Indy was his worst race of the year, and I forget where he finished, but it wasn't horrible. 15th. Yeah, 15th, okay. So, like, not great, but, you know, he, he with double points, he kind of, like, kind of saves his ass a little bit there for, for better or for worse. But other than that, he's been top five, top seven, probably every race this year. So, uh, obviously, this is his first win, but... I mean, he's in very good form right now, and he also doesn't, he also seems very grounded, like he's, you know, in control of his emotions, he's, you know, he has a goal in mind, it's championship time, and, and he's focused. He's having a Pelot-like season. I mean, his results are third, fourth, 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 third, 15th, and first. So that's pretty nuts to me, whereas if you look at Newgarden, he has 16th, he won twice, then it was 14th, 25th, 13th, and 4th. So... If I'm Newgarden, I'm not necessarily mad at willpower, but maybe I'm mad at my team or like the strategy calls or just some of the incidents that have happened to him because wasn't he also three laps away from winning one of the Detroit races last year when Pato passed him? The first one, yeah. Yeah, or so... Second one. Or yeah, whatever. So he didn't get that redemption for the third win after, I mean, he finished 13th in the 500, which again wasn't really terrible, but wasn't great so i don't know he's still up down there in fifth in the championship he'll find his way up to the top three by the end of it i think but it'll be interesting to have two penskis when we thought there were going to be three in the championship mix but mclaughlin's kind of lost his way out of that yeah scotty mack it's uh ever since the first two races there's kind of like the one or two mistakes in the race that you know it's not like the pit stop was three seconds longer it's not like, you know, oh, no, we started on black, so we should have started on reds. It's things like, oh, I spun, or, oh, I hit the wall, or, oh, I overshot yeah. the turn. So they're, they're very big mistakes that are costing Galafalon, and not just very minuscule ones that are minor setbacks. So, yeah, he's going to need to sort it out to get back in this championship on ASAP. Yeah, I think power, for some reason has been remarkably consistent this year and he's also not had the same mechanical bullshit that usually plagues him two three times a year like he normally does so that's super good i was really nervous about his strategy with the reds at the end because kind of like with new garden you know one safety or yellow safety car been playing too much too much racing one yellow flag there at the end and you know he's completely screwed and he's gonna have no. He's probably gonna finish tenth. So it was a really risky strategy to assume it was gonna go green to the end, but it obviously paid off for him. So those are the kind of breaks he's not been getting in the past that he seems to be getting this year. Uh, before we move on, I'm just curious for your guys' opinions. So if you go, let me pull up the championship standings here. I'm just curious what you think is kind of. Now, granted, we still have what ten races ish left in the season, so. A lot can change, but I think 10th in the standings is, is it Herta? It's Scott. Uh, McLaughlin. Um, so yeah. he's about 82 points back. So where where is the cutoff for championship contender? Is 82 about as much as you can... I mean, I don't... Herta and 11th would probably be my cutoff. Uh, mine's earlier on. I think it's 6th with Dixon. The only reason, and it's not necessarily Herta. I mean, Herta's got a couple tracks he's pretty strong at coming up. Uh, you know, Nashville's obviously should be circled on his calendar. But for McLaughlin, I think the one that he needs to circle is Iowa because there's actually two races, which is there for a, you know, 500 lap or whatever double points race. And Penske is very strong at that track. So for that reason alone, I think, just because Iowa's a double points race, I don't think McLaughlin's out of it quite yet. As long as he can get there with some consistent top tens between now and then, I mean, obviously a podium here or there would definitely help, but uh, Iowa poses a great chance for McLaughlin to get a lot of points. I originally was kind of thinking like Rossi Pagano range, seventh and eighth, but I mean, that's only eight points difference to McLaughlin. So yeah, I think that's fair. Speaking of Rossi, are you guys surprised that he's the leading Andretti car at the championship right now? We were seeing Colton down at 11th, and uh, where's Grosjean? 14th? 
and Devlin is down in 24th? I'm going to say no, not at all. He's I mean, I'm, I would expect Herta to be the leading that team. I also did have Devlin as last in the preseason uh, preseason preview, throwing that in there. That's kind of an indie giveth, indie taketh away situation because Rossi was the only one that had a competent finish out of the team there. Yeah. So I think it's a little inflated, but at the same time, he's also had some good runs as of late. So The last month he's been pretty solid. He should have been a little higher in Barber even than, than where he ended up finishing. And the GP. Oh, yeah. I forgot the, about the, that race. The tired debacle. and Oh, let's yeah. go for the win. It's like, ah. Uh... Yeah, so kind of on that subject, he got properly hosed in qualifying by none other than his teammate, Roman Grosjean. Um, best friends. Yeah, best friends. <laughs> and... I saw a report saying that the tub that Grosjean crashed is going to be sent for inspection to see if it can possibly be sealed. If not, they're going to have to write that thing off. <sighs> not a not a good couple of weeks for Grosjean. So, obviously, Rossi was going to be potentially in the Fast 6, but ended up P last in the Fast 12, so he had to start 12. But they had a remarkable strategy, so... What was it like for you guys? Because for me, it was really refreshing to kind of get a glimpse at the old Alexander Rossi, something we haven't seen in quite a while. Absolutely. I mean, to see him, I really thought he was going to pull off the win somehow, but I was pretty mega impressed by just his ability to track down power, even though there was that tire differential. Just for him to put the car every lap be that many seconds faster... Um, I mean, around Detroit, I, I was pretty impressed. I thought it was a sign, I hope, that he's got his kind of confidence back after a couple of good finishes and is a little bit out of the dumps with what we've been seeing. Because they kept harping on it on the broadcast that it's been 43 races since he last won in Road America, whatever that was, 2019, 20, right? 2019, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, it's just kind of refreshing to see that weight taken off his shoulders a little bit like get back on the podium because i don't he's been on the podium since then but i know that was a pretty commanding drive like that that was he could have won that for sure yeah it was it was definitely good to see i think some of his results this year have more than some of his results over the past at least the past two years yeah he's forced a few i think saint pete was that saint pete last year where you crash was at the end of 2020 either way yeah you know he he made a mistake but for the most part he's had some you know the, the pit crew hasn't helped him out i mean even best friend cody bray said in some group chat this weekend is anybody else waiting for rossi's crew to screw him over on the last stop and you're kind of going well like you're holding your breath when that when that when that car goes in the pit lane but yeah, it's really good. Good to see him battle, and you know, if that race is one more lap, it's he probably is coming away with the win. Yeah, it was. I I saw a hot take that said that now that his McLaren deal is signed or whatever, that he is that was the reason he finished second. And I'm like, mm, no, I'm still gonna go with like driving talent and good good strategy call. Part of you does have to wonder that now that he could publicly talk about the McLaren deal from here until the rest of the season that he doesn't have to put on this brave face anymore and say hey the team's doing a good job we're trying our best blah 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 you know all this pr nonsense he can actually you know speak his mind kind of be free with his opinion and and not have that cloud hanging over him for the rest of the year so i do think his morale should be going up for the rest of the year and that's only going to help him achieve better results but i don't think there was a correlation between the two this weekend no I wonder, I I don't know if Frenchie saw anything in the host, if you had access to any information on the media front. There was a, we'll say an inquiry about the finishing position of Simon Pagino. Uh, Renus VK had crashed on the final lap of the race from P10, and it, all purposes and signs show that Pagino was running 7th when that came out. However, he finished P9. And it, Erickson and Herta somehow jumped him. Uh, yeah. It sounded like Shank was under the impression there was a full course yellow. Did, did Pagano get screwed, or what? It was, did we ever get an official explanation, or what happened? 
Yeah, essentially because he was not able to maintain pace car speed, he is deemed passable, essentially, by IndyCar rules, is that you have to maintain pace car speed when there's pace car out. And so, you know, let's just say pace car is 75, 85 miles an hour. Pagano going to cross the start-finish line going 45. So they deemed those two passes legal, and that was something Associated Press wrote about Monday, I believe. So, yeah, that's... I don't necessarily know if I agree with the rule, but that's what the rule is. Was he, like, saving fuel or something, or did he, he was have out damage? of fuel. Huh? Yeah, he was He was out of fuel. Oh, when he crossed then, the line, he was barely had any... You know, he was he was on fumes. Then case closed. Why, why make a fuss? Yeah, I don't... I, I understand making a fuss if, you know, it's one of those rules that, like, you, how often do you really need to think about it? I mean, what but, is this, the O2-500? Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Frozen at the light yellow. Stop. Everything's done. Yeah. So, you know, it is what it is. Two finishing positions isn't a huge deal. I know it's it's definitely frustrating, but, I mean, if you can't maintain pace car speed, yeah, yeah. what can you do? I think that there's basically a non-issue there. If he had no, I once you said the thing about fuel, then whatever you can pass him. If you're out of fuel, I'm sorry, but then you're you're gonna be stopped on the racetrack momentarily. So you're just kind of in the way. So if you didn't get the fuel number right, you know, and you're you're on the last lap, you were gonna run out of fuel. And if Renus hadn't crashed, you would have definitely been passed. So either way, I think it's okay that he lost those two spots. Yeah, I was just about to say that. I said one could argue that if there wasn't the yellow, he would have been finishing 15th instead of 9th. So maybe it was just one of those shut up and take what you get. <coughs> and don't screw up your strategy next time. Shank. Just highlighting some of the other ones. Yeah. Dixon P3, well done to him. Uh, good recovery after a brutal finish to 500. Pato P5, continuing to be very consistent after a poor start to the year. Uh, Pelo P6 after a uncharacteristically poor qualifying effort starting 18th. Erickson sort of kicking the trend of completely sucking after winning the Indy 500 with P7, so not terrible. Herta 8th, Pagano 9th, and then Rosenquist, who started on the last row in the midst of all of this talk about the third McLaren seat, which we will touch on later in the episode, uh, at least recovered to a P10 asterisk i mean it was gonna be p11 until vk crashed so but he's in the top 10 in the championship so i guess how much slander can i throw his way but somebody that wasn't in that top 10 who was on their way to contending for a top 10 was kyle kirkwood who had a very good weekend led the first practice crashed in the second practice after a minor mechanical hiccup and then he qualified for 15th but was one of those that charged through the field on blacks and was really primed for a decent result until he crashed but what did when we're going to talk about his contract coming up in a second as well but what did we leave the weekend thinking of kyle kirkwood's performance gosh i don't know why any race car driver tries to race when they have a sore wrist I was just thinking of how I could work that in somehow while you were talking. So I'm glad you <laughs> I kind of figured hard. you would. I thought there was like a pause there for a moment where you were trying to figure it out. But no, I mean, that was, listen, Kyle Kirkwood is getting every ounce of performance out of that Foyt car that he can get. So he was probably going to finish somewhere in the, I don't know, 7 to 10 range. Because I don't think he was going to be able to make the Reds last like Will Power did. And that's nothing against Kyle. I think that's just Will Power has 14, 15 years of experience and Kirkwood doesn't. So, and you know, I, I think that was as gutsy of a performance as we've seen, I don't know, maybe in a couple of years since you know, Newgarden broke his collarbone in 2016, 2017? Uh, 16. In Texas? Yeah. So, but yeah, super impressed. Hey, if he hadn't crashed, then, I mean, he would have ended up actually ahead of his teammates. Instead, he's right, because he crashed, he's right there with the other two of them. So, I don't think Foy could be that mad that he crashed. They should be really proud of what he was able to do 
with the car. And I mean, you can give him a little bit of a break, number one, because he's a rookie. And this is, I guess, what, his second time going to Detroit because he swept Indy Lights there last year. But, I mean, first time in an Indy yeah. car at Detroit, it's bumpy. You can kind of give him a break for crashing, but then especially if he's already, you know, driving while sort of injured, not in full control, maybe, or not able to get the, the same level of grip or leverage on the steering wheel. So, I don't know. Coming out with a 24th, that result does definitely not reflect what I think his talent showed over the weekend and kind of his grit and toughness. Yeah, host, I haven't been medically cleared to do media work this weekend, so just FYI. Oh, we're going to have to get you a golf cart or something. Oh, well, yeah, if you want to buy me a golf cart for the weekend, that'd be great. <laughs> Can we get some? We have, do we know anybody who's just like willing to give us like $400 for a golf cart this weekend? Because that would be yeah. awesome. I really don't feel like walking around. You know, that should be one of those things where if, you, if you're a person who spends $400 a year for the golf cart at Road America, you should take another $400 and set it aside. And after going to Road America for about five years, you would be able to just buy your own golf cart. Fair. Or just buy us a golf cart. And every year when we're at Road America, I will let you use the PLP golf cart still. What if you just rent, like, Lime or Bird scooters for the entire weekend? That can't add up to $400, right? I want to get an electric scooter literally just for the weekend. Like, I Me want too. to buy one, keep it in my garage for 361 days a year, and then bust just it out. Just for Road America. America. Or I could use it for dog walking because I'm lazy. I don't blame me on that one. Uh, when I was little, I used to stri- uh, I used to strap yeah, on rollerblades and probably. let my dog pull me around the neighborhood. Well, I did one in Denver, and I remarkably didn't die. And that was my first time doing it. So, And that's a city I've never been to and didn't know, like, Oh, is this street end? Oh, oh, here's a brick wall. Yeah, so Kirkwood, yeah, he's he's pretty he's pretty remarkable, and I haven't been that excited watching a Foyt car in a long time. So, uh, good on him. Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan. I don't know what to do with this team. I mean, we had such high hopes for them before the year. They somehow got worse. Uh, Indy was terrible, and then you go to a street course, and you're like, well, maybe they'll recover, and Lungard qualified 19th, Harvey 20th, Ray Hall 23rd, and... Ray Hall smacked the wall on lap two, lap three, maybe. Right, I was just making sure I got their group positions right. Yes, that's right. Um, Yeah, so Ray Hall crashes pretty much immediately into the race, uh, hits his rear tire on the wall in turn two, Uh, so he's done, and then through just not dying or making mistakes Lungard and Harvey got 14th and 15th but I can pretty much confidently say that right now the only teams that are worse than them are Boyt and Yunkos and that's really not a category you want to be in Uh, and you kind of like you expected Foyt to be where they are Yunkos you expect pretty much to be down there you know the flashes of excitement but for the most part you know a young team before the year we probably expected ray hall to maybe not be in the big three but around the big three and they are at the wrong end of the big they're the they're the little three or something like that but that might have been that might have been too harsh but i mean yeah our buddy george was asking us in the group text like what's going on with them you know it's not a lot it just feels like they are consistently off of not only the qualifying pace but race pace Graham Rayall hasn't charged through the field as much as he has in years past I don't think it's necessarily you know I don't think they're spreading themselves too thin with three cars because they did it four or five six times last year and Santino was able to bring home that car okay most races i think and you know longard had his not indy gp the other you know one of the other 18 races on the indy road course where he qualified you know second or third finished 12th or 13th or something like that so that's impressive i don't know exactly what it is this year but they are just consistently not good the last time graham won (coughs) believe it or not was the double that when he swept Detroit in 2017 it's been that long since he won I just looked it up so 
I mean, Ray Hall has won since then, right, with Takuma a couple times. But take him away from the team, and yeah, they really haven't won or really performed all that well. I don't know what happened to them at the 500 this year, especially given what everyone was saying about, oh, Graham had a car that he was going to win with last year until the they didn't put the tire on right. So I don't know if that's just like people wanted him to win and were projecting Graham because it's like a legacy driver or if they really were that good. I thought he had a good chance. Yeah, I mean, mean, it seemed like he did, but... He cycled out to P3 and had a fast car. I mean, it's if, shoulds, coulds, woulds, but um, I thought he was definitely in contention for sure. But Um, they've just... I don't know what happened now. Yeah. They've got to be wondering. Usually you can count on Graham to do something and obviously he didn't have his whole race play out with this crash but yeah it's uh it's pretty sad it's a pretty sad state of affairs there we were pretty high on them it's not over yet i went looking for our drunk hot take episode piece of paper and i don't know if i left it at lightings i'm pretty oh. sure i had said at one point that i thought ray hall is gonna be big three this year so i think you uh, did one one of us did sounds, sounds about right because right now the team order is Ganassi, Midas Johnson, Penske, and McLaren. And then half yeah. of Andretti followed by Coyne and Carpenter. Reasonable. I mean, reasonable. debatable, but reasonable. Reasonable. Kind of a, a hierarchy, maybe not necessarily in order per se, but those teams are yeah. kind of all in yeah, the yeah, same yeah. areas. Unfortunately, Ray Hall is not in that category right now, and that's really sad. But hopefully they can figure it out in the off season this season might be a tough sledding for the rest of the way would you say they are the would you say right now they're more disappointing than andretti overall or in terms of just team disappointment this year um well with andretti it seems like a lot of self-inflicted errors are costing them i mean we have said this for years that the what is it the 29 car what is devil even 29 26 yeah, 29. 29 the 29 card has just been a walking disaster for years from Marco to Hinch and now to Devlin. It's just been a terrible entry. It's been cursed. Um, so I had the expectations for that car coming into the year were zero for me. So that's not really surprising. It's, it's kind of like Jimmy Johnson's entry. Like I don't really put that into Ganassi per se, like the rest of Ganassi right. is doing a, an incredible job. Uh, but then there's just been mistakes from Grosjean, mistakes from Herta, costly strategy decisions for Rossi and Herta. Um, it's just a lot of those errors I think could be avoided on the Andretti part, which makes it even worse almost than just flat out sucking. So I don't know if I agree with that actually. You'd rather think... flat out suck than like shoot yourself in the foot. No, no, no. I think it was Ray Hall is worse. Because if you don't even oh, know, yeah, Ray Hall's worse. I don't. Sorry, oh, okay. I don't know if that was, oh, I, I'm sorry if I missed out on your question. Yeah, Ray Hall's worse right now for sure. But okay. um, it's like Andretti could be at McLaren level if they didn't yeah. shoot themselves in the foot all the time. Not even knowing why you're being terrible is is I think yes, yeah, so much more disappointing than what Andretti's doing right now. Because I think Andretti could easily have a good rest of the season if they get their act together a little bit. Like they could improve. It's stuff they can work on, whereas Ray Hall is kind of like, I don't know, Williams, where they're just so lost at right now that they're just going to like scrap everything and have to restart. Yeah, as much grief as I give Foyt, they are consistent. Belle yeah. Isle, are we going to miss it? The more I thought about it, the less I... I mean, the last couple of years have produced some very good, some pretty good races, but it's... No, I, I'm more intrigued by the city layout than I gave myself credit for when we talked the other day. Kind of talking about it with my dad was like, all right, you know, maybe there's more to it than I'm thinking. Are you okay over there? Yeah, I've heard like seven different answers. I heard a yes, no, maybe. Oh, the new layout's gonna be great. Like, which 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 one are we sticking with here? <laughs> the I I'm something was wrong with your eye. No, I was like, yeah, I what are we having, saying right now? I thought you were having a seizure or something. No, I'm okay. <laughs> I am for. more intrigued by the new layout than I originally was. And while I 
kind of will miss Belle Isle. I'll get over it. So, no. All right, Frenchie. The only thing I'm going to miss about it is that I never got the chance to go to a race there, which is kind of disappointing. Like, I never got to visit. But other than that, I don't really care now. I think, uh, I don't think necessarily that downtown Detroit is going to produce any better racing. But I think the backdrop will be more exciting for the cameras and for TV coverage. Maybe to be there, I'm not sure. But we'll see. What did they, they started racing there in 1992. So they've been racing at Belle Isle for like a year longer than I've been alive. So it's kind of weird to see it go. But uh, yeah, I guess all all things have to come to an end. We have to switch things up sometimes. So host and running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing, to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Right on. Nineteen ninety-two, you were retired. Why have you not been to Belle Isle every year? I got nothing for you. Do you know who won their first race there? Bobby Hill. Yeah. No, no, no. He won the first race there, but who won their first race there? Oh, um, Elio? Yeah, our favorite. I just wanted to put that in there. I'll do like Elio facts because he used to do Danica facts. I'm going to start <laughs> doing Elio facts just to trigger Matt oh, until, no. he, until he bows out. Until I, what, quit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess I can't force you to you quit. Say it one more time. Leaving. I'm going to quit. <laughs> oh. So sad. Stop rubbing it in. Well, it's like for me – Belle Isle is like that student in school that moved away halfway through the year. Nobody talked to the kid or like understood where he was coming from and maybe just didn't approach him very much. But as soon as he's gone, everybody's like, oh, I'm going to miss him so much. He was a good dude. It's like all these drivers and whatnot saying like, oh, there's so many corners in Belle Isle. They're so unique that you can't get anywhere else. And we're going to miss it. And it's it's great. It's like, really, because for the last five years, all I've heard about is, oh, it's bumpy, and oh, there's only one passing zone, and ah, and it's like, really, like, which is it? Like, we're just saying this because it's the last race, or do we actually mean this? So You know who's happy? All the park people who were, like, really against us. I was thinking about that, too. Defacing their the, nature by racing just, there. Just wait till the noise complaints next year. So, yeah, I mean, to me, there are two cool parts of Belle Isle. There's the fountain that you celebrate in and there's turn three other than that i'm really not going to miss it all that much uh, i'm gonna be completely honest and we're gonna segue that into this part that host touched on and we'll start with frenchie the new layout which they kind of officially announced now finally or whatever they I mean they had renderings before but then they had one for the broadcast and some official artist uh, kind of backdrop renderings and whatnot and then i think on monday the pace car guy was there to announce it all and do a display. What do you think of the layout now that we're heading into that officially next year? I don't know. You equated Road America with Monaco. I'm going to equate downtown Detroit with Monaco and just leave that there because I think that's pretty much the same. What did I well, – hang on a second. Road America to Monaco, remind me. I've said I some stupid shit before. I thought you said something before. about how it's – 
I thought you said something about how it's just as like glamorous one time and somebody oh is that Vegas misinter- oh Vegas not Monaco whatever okay I was like hang on a second I've said some stupid shit before I don't think I compared Road America and Monaco all right well I'm just yeah, gonna compare we, Detroit we, and Monaco and just say that you know oh least- yeah 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 so so if Elkhart Lake is like Vegas then Detroit is like Monaco yeah that's yeah, pretty funny I guess I messed that up because I forgot that it was Vegas, not Monaco, but you get what hey, my meaning. There's a Buffalo Wild Wings within walking distance of the track now. In downtown Detroit? Oh. Yeah, Monaco could never. Wow, yeah. That's like almost the same as the casino. <laughs> it's basically. I love it. It's their casino square. But imagine, I mean, uh, when Detroit in like the 80s used to be probably one of the highest crime cities of the U.S. and they were still racing there. At least it's going to be better than that. Is it? I mean, it's come a long it's way from where it was. Supplemental security packages now. It's come I a long way from buy, where I it was. I hope they buy the supplemental security package. <laughs> Fre- but all joking aside, Frenchie, what do you think of the the layout compared to you know Belle Isle or other street courses you've seen recently? It doesn't do that much for me. I mean, it's just a lot of what looks like ninety degree corners. Uh, let me pull up the layout again, but uh, I don't know. I think your your ED card does well on street courses but i think this will probably be the most anonymous street course that we have because we have long beach which kind of got some cool parts to it and then i think st pete's cool because it's got the street layout but it's also got the airport component so i don't and nashville it's got the bridge like what's going to be the cool part of detroit that makes it stand out gm headquarters yeah that, that big black like towers it's <laughs> that cool. looks like some kind of evil star wars headquarters no, it's cool. What are you talking about? With the Ren Center? Is you that what it's a called, Penske right? banner from that? I don't know what it's called, but it looks cool. I'm, I'm yeah, being really mean cool to a city person. that I've only been to its airport, so I'm sorry anyone who lives in Detroit. Yeah. I guess I got to get the full experience. Maybe don't go next year. Cause I, don't I watched Beverly Hills Cop, and that's that's where I, everything I know about Detroit is from the beginning of that movie. Oh, Jesus. Oh, boy. Well, on that note, yeah, the, the layout, at first I was like, it looks super boring, but some maybe some you know street course with some longer straights and you know a couple ninety degree turns will induce some more passing zones. Maybe it'll spice things up. It'll definitely be I, I shouldn't say definitely. There's a potential it will be less of a you know tire wear battle like it's been the last few years at Belle Isle. But I at first I was very against the split pit lane concept I, I mean assuming that's what they're doing in the graphic which is what it looks like but now i'm kind of intrigued because you what if somebody forgets where what pit box they're in you know like they, they go the wrong way or you know like and i'm sure that probably probably won't happen but i don't know it probably looks pretty cool to to see you know in person and on tv and uh i needed my dad to convince me of that one when we were talking earlier today so i don't know i'm I think it could be pretty good. I don't think it's going to be boring or anonymous or anything like that. There's, it, it, it will surprise us in some way. So I think the drivers are going to hate it because I think it's going to be pretty boring for them to race. But I think it's yeah. going to put on a hell of a show. It, it's giving me kind of, it's giving me huge Baltimore vibes. If Baltimore's layout wasn't completely Baltimore. terrible, uh. I mean, Baltimore was like the. No, it was the best race of the year, and it created such anarchy that it was fun. But there was, like, portions of that track that just made no sense on paper. Like, why would you go over a railroad track? Or the part that led into the Camden Yards that was, like, they had yeah. to add a chicane. Like, what are we doing here? Or, you know, I think it was the first <laughs> practice in 2011 where Briscoe just smoked the wall or whatever. It was like, what, what, who thought this was a good idea? Uh Detroit doesn't give me that vibe at all. It's like it's like everything you see there, like that does look like a good idea for a race. Now, is it a good race track? No, but will it be entertaining? Probably. So that's where I'm really excited for it because I think it's going to be a little bit of a anarchy show, and those tend to be some of my more favorite races. So time will tell, I guess. Anarchy. You guys are oh, convincing God. me. I'm, I gotta go to Detroit next year. It always falls on my birthday, so. I wouldn't show up. You're gonna get shot. Yeah, you're definitely. You're definitely. You just like when I don't show up. I'm gonna get. Why am I gonna get shot? You just because slandered said, it for you just five shit, minutes. You're basically because you just it. shit on Detroit for the first five minutes of that segment. I yeah, mean, but I, I love watched, the rest of Michigan. 
I watched Hardcore Pond. Doesn't mean I know what that's what. That's what in Detroit Baltimore? is. In. Is Hardcore Pond? The, you know, did you see that Hardcore Pond, the show on TLC all those years ago, where it's like I know you're talking stars about. except like people bring in like used radios instead. Yeah, yeah I've seen <laughs> that. That's in Detroit. I thought that was Detroit. Hang on, I thought the, I didn't think it was Baltimore. It was. No, it, the, it might not be. But Hardcore Pond, where are they now? Is the first result all in jail? Probably. It's yeah, because you know, like Pawn Stars, they all have like kind of like a lovey-dovey family dynamic. Like, sure, they give each other shit, but at the end of the day, they're all like really close. Versus like this family, I could see them just like backstabbing each other. Rain so this is like a real Pawn Story. Yeah, of, Detroit, like... Michigan's Eight Mile Road Corridor. <laughs> oh, nice. God. So no, I am not basing my whole Detroit experience off of that show, even though that would be incredible because that show was so bad for so many reasons. Anywho, uh, predictions. Uh, it's so frustrating. I had Power and Newgarden first and fourth, and then Ray Hall. <laughs> oh. Fuck! Are you kidding me? So my average was ten point three. Yeah, host. I'm not sure about this. Uh, were you cheating last week or what? You had Rossi, Pato, Pelos, the second, fifth, and sixth. Wow. That's pretty good for me. Especially since one of the the last one had to be someone like what outside the top twelve in the championship, so that's kind of annoying. Yeah. That Rossi finished second, so you got an average of four point three. So I'm not even gonna say congratulations. Just shit a brick or Salty. something. Salty. Salty. Whatever. Driver of the day, disappointment of the day, real quick before we get on to a couple more before we get to Road America. Driver of the day, Rossi recovers from a. You know, qualifying that was really not his fault where he started, but probably his best performance maybe since his Road America win because he could have easily won that race. So all in all, a really good and needed weekend for Rossi. Okay, I'm going to say Pato because he's really consistent there. So, I mean, what has he finished first and third last year, and now he's got a fifth. So he finished just right where he qualified, just kept it. Right up there towards the front. Good result. <laughs> he finished second at the 500. He's got the momentum. Momentum. Yeah, um, I would say... I would say Pelot recovering from 18th was nothing to frown at. So that's that's about as good as he could have done given where they qualified. That was my that was my backup pick. Uh, disappointment. McLaughlin. That really just spin and or, you know overshoot the corner and... He hit the wall too, right? Brushed it, yeah. Or am I making that up? Yeah. Give it a little brush. Yeah. 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 So he's uh, he's in a little bit of a cold streak. I don't think he's a bad driver or anything. Just in a little bit of a rut right now, and he'll get it going again. But definitely disappointing weekend. My disappointment's gonna be Renus. I don't know what's going on, but he's because he looks fast, but he just can't seem to, I guess, keep it out of the wall right now. So he's gotta get it back under control. Yeah, I'm going to go with Graham. We expect better out of him at Belle Isle. It's one of his better tracks, so to go out in that sort of fashion is not not great. Some news. Okay, so the announcement that Rossi was going to McLaren was official. We were shocked, i tell you. We were beside ourselves. Wow. And then Kyle Kirkwood is off to take his seat, which was actually announced before the Rossi move, which I thought was kind of like a PR funny, like a... <laughs> like there's some subtle shade there. And then uh, the third, well, Rossi's going to the third seat, but so we'll say the third unconfirmed seat for McLaren. There was a report that the team was pursuing Alex Pillow, which nobody that we knew had anything to say about that as far as having traction behind that. So we kind of just dismissed it and... It sounds like Felix might be in a little bit of trouble, but as one of my friends says, there's a lot of game left player. Still a lot of season left. Maybe he can save it. Who knows? But I think we can probably confidently say it's not going to be Pillow, correct? Yes. I would go as far to say the third seat there next year will not be somebody who's currently in. It will not be who's in the seven car. Oh. That's Who's in the seven car right being now? Led. I don't know who that is. Felix. Yeah. I'm just being a smartass. Oh, I didn't get it through there. Frenchie bit hard on that one. Yeah, your your dry humor was too real for me there. Sorry. Well, it's funny because Kanan uh, tweeted something about how the 
world's going to stop when they announce the third driver and everybody kind of instantly went to Ricardo, but I highly doubt that as well. <laughs> I don't think so either. As much, as cool as I think it would be to to see Danny Rick in, in an IndyCar paddock and get a get a good chance to talk to him, I don't see it actually happening. Yeah. So uh, Santino Ferrucci subbed in for Callum Eilat at Detroit. Didn't have a notable day, but uh, it is... Tuesday, and we don't know if Ilot is in for Road America. I'm kind of leaning on it's probably not going to happen. It didn't seem I think like it's it. going to happen. You think so? Yes, I do. I don't. It's just a gut feeling based on the way when they interviewed him during the race, how he was kind of talking about it. Like, yeah, it's. It, listen, you know, we, we know injured drivers can never put on a good performance, and, you know, especially if medical clears them, they should still stay at least 500 miles away from the racetrack. But I think he'll he'll be okay for this weekend. I think it's important that when medical clears him, he better not be putting anybody at risk if he steps in the car. Yeah, you got to back away and think about all of the squirrels near the racetrack edge and everything that might happen if you get a little loose. French is like, what did I just walk into? No, I'm just trying to make sure that I'm not walking into another sarcastic trap. Oh, that I didn't interpret correctly, but I, I know what you're uh, talking about. This weird, time. yeah, I say we are joking. I, I trust uh, Cal Milot if given the medical clearance to make his own decisions because he's a professional race car driver, and I'm I usually not. trust doctors to have medical expertise that I don't. Mm-hmm. That's so weird. So, yeah. What a weird. You must have not gone through the pandemic correctly. Yeah, you screwed <laughs> up. Some, screwed up somewhere. One. Let's see. We talked about yeah. One more item before we get to Road America. Max Verstappen very brazenly said that he thinks the Indy 500 is too risky to race. Lando Norris wasn't as, we'll say, direct, and he just said he would rather do the 24 Hours of Le Mans. I'm going to go first on this one. I'm going to take the actually the opposite opinion of what most people are saying. Like, you know, I, I disagree with Max. Like, yes, the Indy 500 is definitely more dangerous than most races out there. However, if you were Max Verstappen, at this point in your career, why would you even bother? You're getting paid untold amounts of millions of dollars to race for one of the best teams in Formula One, and your contract can pretty much be as long as you want it to be. Uh, And then you can, if you wanted to, you could retire at 33 and float on an island for the rest of your life. So... I actually don't have any quarrels with him saying, I don't want to race the Indy 500. I have no issue with it. It's not like he was like, F the Indy 500, this is a stupid race. He was like, listen, it's a little too dangerous for my liking. Probably not going to take part in it. Okay, that's fine. You're not, you, don't, you don't have to be comfortable and want to try it just because you're a race car driver. If it's not your thing, it's not your thing. It's cool. Yeah, Sorry, I agree. Was that too positive? Not enough doom and gloom. I haven't, I haven't been very doomy and gloomy today. This is weird because I, you know, the internet didn't take kindly to his. Well, let's say the internet, any car internet, did not take kindly to his response. No, no. I have doom and gloom to add in real quick. Okay, go I for just it. Thought of. Let's go. So, Mr. do we internet think that user. the uh, that the Gallagher sponsorship on Scott McLaughlin's car was the curse <laughs> this weekend? Is that why Max Chilton just always sucked? And it's like a curse. Should we start that rumor that it's the Gallagher thing that just failed him? The curse of Gallagher? Yeah, they're if the we, doom and um, If we throw a Gallagher sticker on our uh, golf cart, will it inevitably break down at some point? It will end up in it'll f- whatever the nearest lake is. It'll fall off the Sargento Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that too. All right, well, on that note, Road America. Um, I don't know if you guys just want to bounce, and I'll just take over from here and talk for half an hour about Road America. Yeah, just Preach let me take it. It's actually funny. I was texting Cassie Johnson before the show. I'm like, I'm really tired. It's been a long couple of days. I'm just going to like hit record, turn off my microphone, and like lean back and take a nap for 45 minutes. So uh, by all means, I'm still ready to do that. I mean, I actually don't have too much to say. Um, I'm like too excited to talk about it almost I'm leaving Thursday after lunch taking a half day um, meet me at Seedkins yeah I mean Sunday night we're going to Seedkins uh, 
Thursday, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. We'll be <laughs> living it up in turn one. Um, I'll be at Seedkins Thursday, but not Sunday. I expect a lot of photo content sent to me this weekend from you guys, since I can't be there. Sorry, Hickey, I have to go to the that? beach instead. So you're not going to be with us Thursday night? Where are you going Thursday night? I'm going to the same place every night. Uh, no, one, I baby. Not, yeah, I will not be there Thursday night. I will be in my Airbnb. Sad. Well, uh, yeah, so for, I mean, just if you need any questions, whatever, just DM me on Twitter, Hickey93. Um, I can try to point some stuff out to you, but I think the absolute musts are double broad sandwich, uh, corn on the cob, go get Seepkins, go get Spotted Cow on tap. Um, and at Road America's, when the cars are on the track, there's not really any bad places to watch them. Uh, Thunder Valley is a good one. Turn five is a good one. Um, you know, there's certain aspects of turn one that are super cool. For those who maybe don't know, where is Thunder Valley? Thunder Valley is between Canada Corner and the final corner. It's a little before the final corner. Yeah, it's where you see a lot of drivers go off before they get to the final corner because it's a really tough off-camber corner. So you get a, you, if you're looking at it from the right angle, you can really see pretty much every car that goes through, like getting squirrely through that corner. Um, I forget the name of the straightaway, but the one that leads up to Canada Corner after the kink is a lot of fun. Um, the carousel, when you look at it from a certain angle, is a lot of fun. I mean, there's really not a bad, especially in practice. The race, you know, if you're looking for certain parts of action, there's better places to watch it. But in practice and qualifying, like everywhere you watch from is a good place to watch. So uh, you can't really go wrong. bunch of support series coming out too, so there should be a lot of action kind of throughout the day. Uh, but just, yeah, bring a friend, bring some beer, stop at your local store, get some Spotted Cow. Uh, paddock is open for everybody. There's no fee to get in, so that's always a plus. Gives fans great access, good food everywhere. Can't say enough nice things about it. It's best weekend of the year. Yeah, the food anywhere is amazing. And my girlfriend and her family are going, and they're like, "Where? What like food stand should we go to in there?" I'm like, "I really can't give you Turn like a five, good one." Lions Club, Lions Den, something like that. Yeah, or, and then Parker I'm Johns like, in the paddock. Parker, Park, I couldn't remember what the full name. I said Parker something. Yeah, uh, and those we'll the wings we had last year was was really good. Parker Johnstone and yep. Yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely not. They have so a burger called cool. the Tor Takagi. <laughs> <laughs> but I will, I will be at Seedkins Thursday night because PLP is sponsoring the band that is playing during the concert at the concert during That's the opening cool. uh during the opening i don't know weekend thing they do for for charity there what kind of band is it like a rock hard was it a hardcore I, like do, metal I, band because I, that's what you like literally couldn't tell you i couldn't tell you i i have never listened to them what if they don't use foul language name host our name's attached to that yeah that's fine what if you don't I like the music because we never swear on this podcast ever i don't i don't care if you like the music or not bring Just back a mixtape for me at least then i'm gonna go to that concert and be like i hate this band therefore i hate plp you're just going to quit on the spot. There you go. What is Hope's going to do? Fire me? Yeah, it's just it's going to be a great time. If you if or if or you want to meet up with us, just let us know. If you have any questions, just DM me. As far as the race, uh, the only really notable thing, well, I guess Callum Milot, still TBD. We'll tweet something out once we find out. Uh, and then Beth Peretta and Simona Di Silvestro are back this weekend, so Yay. we're looking forward to seeing them at the track. We saw Beth a bunch of times uh, for the month of May, just kind of around and doing some media obligations and whatnot, so it's going to be cool to see them back in pit lane in conjunction with Ed Carpenter Racing. So that's cool. This is their first of three races on the year. I don't really have a whole lot else on the news front for road america do you guys have anything you want to throw in before we get to predictions should be a interesting battle to see you know it's another one where you could do a two-stop or a three-stop and and see which one wins and i don't think we're going to see like a 2019 where you know rossi won by like 42 seconds or 24 seconds or something ridiculous but you know last year we had polo passing new garden after new garden had a gearbox issue or something like that on the last lap or two two re- two two laps to go so the the races the last couple of years there have been really good so you're in for a treat whether you're there or you're watching on 
big NBC. You know, it's back on the regular NBC this week, so we don't have to fret about USA Network for for a couple weeks. Oh, thank goodness. The ratings will be back up. Oh, my gosh. So important. It's actually something we've actually never really talked about ratings in this podcast, and I appreciate that about us. Yeah, I just don't, like, it is what it is. It'll be fine. The world is not ending. IndyCar is not ending. Yeah. So. Um, I guess one thing I did want to point out, too, is that the yellow flag history at Road America is usually very low. I think in, if yeah. we get more than one, that's a miracle. Um, and or something catastrophically went wrong. And the weather's looking really if good, the, so it's not going to be a wet race. Um, it's going to be beautiful this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be amazing, which I'm looking forward to as well. Uh, so strategy here is super important. And also one thing that's incredibly important is the fact that the pit lane is so long that it counts for a huge part of your delta, which means that most drivers will all be making the same amount of stops, barring damage, cut tires, etc. So You'll that's see a few guys go off strategy early, but for the most part, it's, yeah. it's just so tough to do a three stop there if everybody else yeah. is doing two stop because you have to Didn't make Shank up like do something weird off strategy last year. They they stayed out with like I can't remember. I think the fuel window there is. 15 to 17 laps or something and they had 19 laps to go and they tried to make it it was like there was yeah, no they did, like the last 20 hard. laps when there was a restart they hard. tried yeah. to keep it going yeah there's just no hope so that's another thing too is that the windows are really tight because it's such a long racetrack with a lot of 100 percent throttle that if you miscalculate and go one extra lap when you can't do it you're completely toast so, I mean, there, I know there's other tracks that are just like, you know, if you go one lap longer at Belle Isle, you're screwed too. But Belle Isle is a 2.2-mile track versus a 4-mile track or whatever. So, uh, pitch strategy at Road America is always massively important. So, it's important the team get that right. Okay, picks. Uh, host, you went first last week. I guess we have French here. French, you can go second. I'm going to go first. I'm picking Polo. Uh, Frenchy. Just so you're aware, the last pick that you make has to be somebody outside the top 15 in the points. So okay. you can pick anybody that's not Polo. Um, let's say that Pato will do well again this weekend. Host? I will take Newgarden. And? I will take Rossi. Frenchie, back to you. For my second pick is going to be... Uh, let's say that Marcus has a good weekend again, too. Or a better weekend in America. I will say Will Power. And then outside the top 15 in points probably gives me oodles of great options here. Not picking Elio. <laughs> I'm going to take... <laughs> oh, come on. I'm going to take Kyle Kirkwood. Don't let me down, buddy. I want to pick Lungard, but I'm not because it's a Ray Hall car. So instead I'm going to pick Sato. I will take Jack Harvey. Oh, Ray Hall <laughs> car gamble. Like, I'll take that Ray Hall car. <laughs> nice. Might, uh, as, might as well give it a shot. So yeah, Host and I will be there this weekend. And if you want to come drink on a night, if you're camping at the track, just let me know. Or if you need any tips, just message me. If you want to say hi to Host, just message him. Should be a great time. Um, yeah. Can't wait to recap it all when we get back. Yeah. If you're there, say hi, please. We like saying hi to people. Well, I do. Hickey's kind of a cranky old man. Excuse you. He's and like a social butterfly. What are you talking about? I know. I just had to make fun. I have to make. I have to get this in while I can. I'm a and, mean uh, I'll be there by dinner time ish on thursday depending on traffic if i can get through chicago are you coming to the track thursday coming to elkar lake uh tbd probably just to just to siebkins i don't think i'm gonna get there in time to have any need to go to the track i think they might set up thursday so i might just poke my head around the paddock real quick yes they do because the road dandy has their first practice even though they call it test session of the weekend on Thursday. 
So at least at least the lower level does. I think it might just be USF and Indy Pro and maybe Radical Cup, but don't hold me to that. I haven't looked at the schedule. And yeah. Yeah, rock on Radical Cup. Time to make some bets on Radical Cup after the and days. And then not know the winner. <laughs> yeah, and then not know the winner. And yeah, I think that's about everything. So everybody have a lovely weekend of racing. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Colby Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo jo, Phil Hughes. Justin Fashion You. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network.